Ready for some word? Yeah. All right, if you have your Bible with you today, or you got your Bible apps on your phone, uh, go to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. I started sharing with you last week, and this is probably a, a, a mini series, M-I-N-I series. Uh, I started sharing with you from this passage, and I call this, Believe His Prophets. Believe His Prophets. Let's read verse 20 once again. Second Chronicles 20, verse 20. So they rose early in the morning. And went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. Now, just to give you a a real quick um, refresher, as we read through the context and the, the entire passage last week, Uh, Judah, Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, they were being attacked. There was a nation, multiple nations coming against them, basically to kill them, take their land, and not a good situation. In the middle of that, they looked to the Lord, which is always a good idea. And when they looked to him for help, uh, the word of the Lord came through the prophet, and they were directed as far as what to do. In fact, the Lord told them, you're not even going to have to fight this this battle, uh, and and, and they ended up not having to do that. And they believed that word. They went out and they believed it so much that when they went out to the battle the next day to meet these armies, uh, they put the worship team in the front. Soldiers in the back, worship team in the front. What are you going to do? Hit them with the trombone? Boom, boom. You know, you know, worship team. In other words, they were just totally confident in the word of the Lord that they were not going to have to lift a finger and that God was going to fight their battle for them. And... Uh, and they did that. They praised the Lord. They reverenced the word from God. They got on their knees at one point, And then they stood up and lifted their voice loud and strong and praised God. And when the battle day came and they were encouraged with this word in verse 20 by Jehoshaphat. But they went out there. Daytime they got up to the top of the hill. They looked over. Everyone was dead. Everyone that came to kill them was totally wiped out already. And, and they went in there and they cleaned up. In fact, if you look down in verse 25, it, it, it gives us that. It says, when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies and precious jewelry, uh, which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. And this gives us a picture of how the Lord wants to work in our lives. In other words, an attack comes against us. He not only wants to save us from that attack to spare our life, He also wants to let us leave there better than we came. All right? They came just endeavoring when they first sought the Lord. It's like, we want to live. And not only did they get to live, they got to live with jewelry. (laughs) Didn't they? Ladies? Can you appreciate that? I know guys are into jewelry to some degree too. Uh, but they, get, they got to clean up the spoil. The Lord blessed them so much. And I think that's a picturesque of what the, what the Lord wants to do in our lives. He wants to save us from harm, save us from trouble, and also let us clean up the spoil. 
In other words, what the enemy took from us, he wants to multiply it back sevenfold. He wants to give us an abundance to live in and live on. And this is so, this is the context of that word. If you, if you believe the Lord, you'll be established. And if you believe his prophets, you'll prosper. That means succeed. It means, it, it, but the, the example there is abundance. He wants us not to just be alive, but also to thrive in life. I want to zero in today on this last part of the phrase, which is my title. Believe his prophets and you will prosper. All right. Now, that doesn't mean we believe the prophets instead of believing God. How many know if someone is a true prophet or if one is speaking the true word of the Lord by believing that person and what comes out of their mouth, you are, in essence, believing God, right? It's not just because the prophet is not the origin of the word. They are the vessel that brings the word. So in believing the prophets, you are believing in God. But how many know you still have to say, believe the prophet, because it's not like the Lord walked up to your door and in all his glory and gave you the word. In other words, a human vessel did that. And that would be one of the reasons why you would have to tell someone to believe the prophet. Uh, It's because people are very apt to dismiss a word from God because of the vessel that it came through. We recognize that's the truth. So I I just want the Lord to speak to me directly. Well, I do too. And he does. And he also speaks through other people. But if I'm going to dismiss a word from God, in this case, you think about the context, them believing the prophets and acting, believing the prophet and acting on that word of the Lord resulted in living and prospering. Not believing would have resulted in them dying. Okay, And so I, I tend to take it very seriously to think that God would speak to me, however he would, that he would give me direction, he would give me wisdom, he would give me instruction, tell me what to do. That's like a big deal. And, and if I recognize that, not only can I benefit from, from receiving words from, he, from heaven, uh, but I also may be spared in my life. And so I want to take this very seriously. But again, why would you have to tell someone It's, you know, to believe the prophet, it's because we have a tendency to dismiss words that come through another person if we don't like the word. Or if our faith is weak and we just have a hard time embracing the word. It's like, ah, well, maybe that was just them. And if I miss it in that, in that judgment of whether it was the person or whether it was God, what I miss it in is I'm actually resisting or rejecting a word from God, which is designed to save me and cause me to succeed in life. And so the reason why this is often difficult is because the prophet doesn't necessarily walk a foot above the ground. Halo comes with a glow. In other words, kind of looks like everybody else. Kind of smells like everybody else. Kind of has a personality that I may or may not like. You know, kind of says it. Yeah, you could have said that a little bit in a really more gentle way, Mr. Prophet. Right? 
And then I see we have these obstacles that you really dwell in our own hearts. These obstacles to receiving the word of the Lord. And they had to be encouraged to believe it. Listen, guys, this was God who spoke. And if you'll believe his prophets, you're going to profit. You're going to prosper. Yeah. This was also true about the Lord Jesus himself. You know, in, in, in Jesus' earthly ministry. I'm not talking now in his resurrected form. Jesus in his earthly ministry looked like everybody else. How, how many know if, if Jesus came in the flesh, if we were, if it were modern times and the Son of God were sent to save the world today and he were in our church today, of course there wouldn't be a church yet, but, uh, but if he came in today, we wouldn't know which one he is. I mean, if I, was up, if I were up here looking for Jesus... I wouldn't know which one he is. Outside of some kind of spiritual discernment, I wouldn't say, ooh, that guy, yeah, he looks totally like the son of God. He looked like everybody else. In fact, Isaiah, uh, the prophet in Isaiah 53, he gave this word about him um, early on, uh, well before he came. It says in verse 2, Isaiah 53, 2, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root of dry ground out of dry ground. He, he has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. So that's describing Jesus outwardly. Uh, listen to this New Living Translation. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. So if that were true about Jesus, well, that's also true about other prophets. Even in Jesus' men, earthly ministry, he didn't walk around, like I said, and people said, look at that guy. He must be the son of God. No, he looked like everyone else. In fact, that probably was a hindrance to some people. Him proclaiming what he's proclaiming, him saying what he's saying, and, and all these outstanding stuff. But look at him. He needs a bath. Did Jesus need to take a bath? Some of you, uh, no, I can't say that. <sighs> he's holy. He was always clean. <laughs> no, he was like everybody else. And so you can see why those who were attacking the Lord and not receiving his teaching and his words and his statements, they justified it in their own lives as not rejecting God. They said, no, I just don't like him. I just don't think he's right. And they could dismiss it and maintain a good conscience, many of them, by rejecting the person that they were looking at. And I'm saying we must get past that. We must be able to look beyond the outward. And whether it was the prophet in, in the Old Testament days, whether it was, it was Jesus in, in, in those days, or whether it's right here now in our day, we still must be able to look beyond the outward, beyond the flesh, beyond the personality, the dress, the hair, the style, all that kind of stuff, and get to the word of the Lord. Because believing that word of the Lord is totally going to affect our future success. And so if I get it wrong, there are real consequences. I don't know about you. I want to get this right. I want to be one that believes the prophets. I believe God. That's in that verse too. Believe God. And believe his prophets. Everybody okay? 
So our success is contingent upon this. And I need to act on this. Now, I want to New Testament this. Because we're reading Old Covenant verses. And you know, in the Old Covenant, the ministry gifts that were there were um, the prophet. Just the prophet. I know others were anointed. The king and the priest were anointed to serve in their role. But there wasn't a five-fold ministry gift, like a set of gifts like there is in the New Testament. If we were to read this in the New Testament, maybe it would read like this from Ephesians 4.11. You know, it would read, believe in the Lord God, you'll be established. Believe his apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Now, I know the prophet is a specific gift that is given towards being the mouthpiece of God and speaking the word of the Lord. But to some degree, all the ministry gifts are representing the Lord and speaking his word and bringing uh, direction from heaven. And so we could, like I said, New Testament this and say, believe his apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and you'll prosper. Now, that's a new thought for some, I, I, I recognize. But the Lord has put his spirit and, and anointed people to do his work. The end result of that, and you can read about this. We don't want to take the time today in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 on. But he has put his spirit and gifting on people. So the end result is the body of Christ would be equipped and the body of Christ would mature. They would grow up. So... An absence of receiving, recognizing and receiving those gifts will produce an ill-equipped church. It will result in a a group of individuals, even if they're believers, they're saved, but they remain in a babyhood state of Christianity. Okay? And uh, and just speaking from a pastoral perspective, um, there are lots of Christians who stay babies. I don't mean they're not saved but they remain immature year after year after year after year after year. And we want to avoid that, all right? One of the keys to doing that is to recognize the prophet. And I say that in quotations now because I want you to amplify that out into our day, New Testament ministry gifts, and making sure that we, that we are believing what the ministry gifts are saying. And my personal prosperity is connected to me being connected to these gifts, at least in part. Not fully, but at least in part, this is the way that it works. And, uh, you know, I realize this is the kind of the time where someone might legitimately ask and question and say, well, what about false prophets? What about those who say they're something and they're not? What about those who speak error? Or say something that's maybe self-serving or it's not really what the Lord is saying. They twist the scriptures. What about that? Well, that is a real thing. Um, but let's back up for a minute. It's, it seems to be more common that those who cry loudest about false prophets don't believe in any prophets. Right? He said, that, that, that false prophet, false prophet, false prophet. Okay, show me a real one. Well, there aren't any. And they'll jump to, there aren't any. And so, you know, that screams out to me like, you're just so in the ditch on one side. You'll never receive a, a true, genuine word from God because you're not accepting anything. So I don't want to be overly negative. I don't want to be 
overly calling out what's wrong and, and thinking everything's wrong and, until maybe it, in some dramatic fashion, some spectacular way, the Lord shows me that it's this very one time right. But there are fakes and phonies and those that speak error. But I don't want to jump to, you know, to the fear of following someone else who says something uh, as that being, that being wrong, okay? We're not removing the need to prove things. We're not removing the test. But we're not going so far into the prove it, test it, make sure it's real, that we never get a word from God. We never hear what the Lord is saying to us. And I, I believe there is a great danger in both ditches. But for so many people, it's a great danger. They're never going to get anything direct from the Lord because they're too afraid of receiving something wrong. Well, they're just trying to control my life. Well, there might be a few spooks out there, kooks out there that do want to control your life. That's not most people. Everybody okay? Look over at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians, the 5th chapter. And uh, you know this. If you've been around here very long, you know uh, how I teach these matters. Um, If you receive me as your pastor, uh, which I recognize not everyone does. Some of you, maybe you shouldn't yet because you're brand new and you don't know me or anyone else around here. And that's a real important relationship to get right. Uh, We want to stay out of this ditch, though, where people are in churches for years and they still don't allow anyone to pastor them. All they receive is the teaching gift. All they receive is the perks of being a part of a family, but they don't ever submit to a pastor. How many know that's not a good idea? Yeah, see, see how few amens there were on that? <laughs> Thank you for the, the, the spiritual among the group who were bold enough to. <laughs> but but, I, but I, on a serious note, uh, you, you recognize there's a difference. I, I know I've taught these things before. There's a, rec, there's a difference between someone who attends a church and someone who receives a pastor. Because the one, they'll, re, they'll listen, they'll receive, they'll ha, have a good time as long as they like it. But, the, but, but, but anytime something is said to act a way, a certain way to do something, or if it's corrective in nature, they're not receiving that. They're, they're, they're not pastored. And so they miss out on green pastures and still waters. And their soul is not restored. Yeah, because it takes the ministry of the shepherd in order to lead people. That's not the same as controlling people. How many know we have no desire to to tell people what to do and control their life and you need to marry this person and you need to buy this car. and but, psh, Hear from God, man. That's what I teach. You have the Holy Spirit. But as far as leading a group spiritually, yeah, there are times when the Lord will give us words and direction and instruction. And in order, if you're real, truly pastored, you receive them whether you like them or not. Hallelujah. Anyway, I began to say, if, you, if, you've, if you've received me as your pastor, then you know I'm going to teach you to judge everything that comes out of my own mouth. I'm going to teach you and say, hey, find it in the book. 
Does it agree? Does it disagree? Even I've told people many times, even if I prophesy to you, and I would never mislead anyone intentionally ever, but I say, even if I prophesy to you, you still judge that word. You still judge it by the word and you judge it by the spirit because, hey, you know, this is the way that the Lord leads people in our day is not uh, where it's all, all through someone else. We have to make those discernment and judgment calls ourselves. Amen. Did you find the scripture? First Thessalonians 5.21. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. Test all things. How many things? All. All. And hold fast to what is good. What's that? What is good is what is actually of God. There will be some good. There will be some God, and I must be able to recognize what is of God so that I can embrace it and hold fast to it because my future success is contingent upon accepting, embracing, and acting upon that. How many know Jesus taught uh, his disciples, and by extension, he taught us? He said, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to know all things I've commanded. No. He said teaching them to observe. Not teaching them just to know. And if our goal in this setting is just to know stuff. Hey. I'm knowing things. <laughs> well that's not what he wanted us to do. He told me. You need to teach them to do it. Well, what if I don't want to do it? Then you're not pastored. Then you're not Believing the prophet. And you won't prosper. Can I make that connection? Well, you judge it by the word. I think I can make that connection. And see why things work sometimes and don't work sometimes in people's lives. There's, this is a real serious issue. If it's really God, man, it should carry weight with us. So he said, test all things. Hold fast to what is good. I must find what is good, what is of God, lest I fall into the trap of the two verses previous. Look at 19 and 20. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Do not quench the spirit. So that's the trap that some fall into in their fear of following someone in a wrong way, of giving someone too much authority in their life, what they end up doing often is they quench the spirit. I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to hear anything about this prophecy stuff anymore. Because I heard someone prophesy before. And they prophesied this and this. And it didn't come true. And so they were fake and phony. So anytime someone stands up and says the Lord said. Or the spirit showed me. Or I, you know something that is truly right. They close their ears to it. You realize there's a temptation for us to fall into that. Yeah. There are people who miss it. You know, namely those who have predicted the Lord's return prior to today. <laughs> they usually make the news. The Lord's coming back on this day. And here we go again. Right? But let us not look at some of those errors and those uh, things that were handled incorrectly to dismiss all of what God is saying. Why? Because our success is determined, is at least partially connected to believing the prophets. Yeah, I need to recognize what God is saying, not quench the spirit, not despise it, but recognize what's of him and embrace it and live by it. Put the worship team out in front. 
that's a stupid word. That's crazy. If you're wrong, we're toast. I know. But if you're right, we're going to be three days, carry, three days of carrying the spoil back. That's why we got to get this right. I, I've, I've identified people in five different categories when it comes to uh, this type of discussion and believing as prophets. And I've, uh, I wanna, I'll give those to you. The first category is what I call the deaf. The deaf. I'm not talking physically deaf, but the deaf. And these are those who've been taught that God stopped speaking when the Bible was compiled. Okay? Now, if, they're, if, they're, if they've received the Lord, my brother and sister in Christ will be together forever. We love them and everything else. But you'll recognize many, maybe you have come from that background. Maybe you've been taught this. As soon as the Bible was compiled, God no longer speaks. There's no longer apostles and prophets. Uh, and he's no longer communicating with, this, with the church today. Um, I don't believe that for a second. Not for a I, In fact, I think you have to be highly educated to believe that. You have to be taught. Because it takes a whole lot of mental wrangling and scripture messing up to come to the conclusion that the only pr- you pray and receive Jesus and after that he's done talking to you except for what was already written no the goal of the lord was not that we would have a really close relationship with this bible but that we would have a really close relationship with him now now i'm going to judge things by this book all day long it's the rock, the foundation. He's never going to say anything that disagrees with it. You know, if you, if you have a vision or an angel from heaven shows up to you and shows you a different way of salvation, says something different than what's already been written, you dismiss that and say, I judge you false. Just like that. But knowing that and, and valuing his eternal word, I still know this. Um, I may have even said this last week in one or two or something of the services, uh, that when God created, created Adam and Eve in the beginning, he didn't drop them a Bible. It was about walking with him, not walking with a book. In other words, the goal was, and the goal for us is to use this and learn truth and everything to have a relationship with him. And if you're in a real relationship, you talk. Come on, married people. How many know if there's something wrong, you don't talk as much? That's the relationship. You don't just pull out the contract and say, we're still married. Something's wrong if that's happening. When there's less communication, it's not better, it's worse. And I fully believe, and I'm taking too much time on this point, that the Lord wants to talk to us. Through the book, for sure. By his spirit, absolutely. So there's the deaf. They're not even open to hearing a word from God. Secondly, there, are, there is the island. The island. You know, the island, they're out there by themselves. And if it doesn't come directly from God, they are unable to discern the Lord's voice through another person. And so this talk about discerning and receiving or believing the prophets is not going to work with them because unless God tells them directly everything, they're going to reject it. 
But we've got to be more spiritual than that. I need to hear his voice for myself, but I also need to hear when he speaks through someone else. And I recognize, oh, that wasn't them. Oh, that wasn't just the pastor right there. That wasn't just a that wasn't just his opinion. You know, I give my opinions about ice cream and stuff. I expect that you can discern that that's of God. I mean, just kidding that that's of me. Uh, and there are other things. While we're speaking, while we're teaching, you know it's God all over you. Often, I, I, I'll just tell you my personal experience. Often I recognize it, not all the time. People will tell me, you said this, and that changed my life. I said, well, I didn't remember saying that. <laughs> and other times, while I'm speaking, I'll know things. It's almost like I see it, and on the inside I get excited because I'm going to walk over there and say it. It's, 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 it's amazing. That's not everything is that way, and I don't, I don't usually tell people when that's happening. Because if you're spiritual, you'll recognize, this is a word from God right here, right now. You don't have to always say, dun 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 Thus says the Lord. Everybody brace yourself, put on your seatbelts because a prophecy is coming up. You know, we're to be more discerning. And we recognize, yeah, this is the word of the Lord. I need to accept, embrace, and act on this. Can you do that? If, if, if you're saying, I don't know if I can do that. You can, but start opening your, your mind up to it right now. Let your heart be open to receiving. Amen. So there's the deaf. There's the island. Number three is the skeptic. All right, this is a person who's overly critical, skeptical, uh, very slow to believe. Um, many words never get resolved in their mind. And, and I understand if you hear something and you're not sure, I'm not saying be like that, you know, that brand new bird with your mouth open, you know, and just accepting everything that comes. But you can't remain in undecided land forever. Where you're so skeptical, you could never get to, you know, this is right or this was wrong, but, or, but this is the word of the Lord. They often stay neutral too long. They're permanently in neutral. We've got to get to drive at some point. Get this thing in gear. Um, they're noncommittal. They're, they're very much stuck in I'm praying about it mode. Well, how long have you been in that I'm praying about it mode? Well, six years. <laughs> Dude, seriously, decide. Is this God or not? Is this God? If it's God, do something with it. If it's not, then say it. Say it. I don't believe that was God. I don't believe that that was the word of the Lord. I think that was just that person or whatever. We have to make discernment, uh, make judgment calls and discern these things. Praise God. Jesus said in, in, in uh, Luke 24, 25, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all the prophets have spoken. So they weren't praised for it. They were... They were being corrected because the prophets spoke and they were very slow to believe it. All right. Can you be too quick? Well, that's my fourth point. This is group is called the gullible. They're going to believe everything. Anytime you attach the word prophetic to anything, they're all excited. <laughs> because they're just, I mean, they're a little bit too open, if you will. Anytime... Um, uh, something comes up that has any kind of spiritual overtones or supernatural language. They're all about quickly embracing it and small and swallowing it. They're too gullible and they don't test anything. They don't check anything with the word. They don't check anything, whether it's really of God. Um, anytime someone says they had a dream or they heard a voice 
Or if there, you know, if there's gold dust involved, they're embracing that quickly. <laughs> and they're just too open to being misled by something that has the name of prophet or spiritual on it. And, you know, not all words are of God. And having been around in ministry for a while, uh, unfortunately have observed those who've made major bad choices in their life, and it was because someone prophesied to them. And they should do this, and you're supposed to do this. And, well, did you just do it just because they, their, their business card said profit? Did you just embrace it just because, you know, they said, well, I, I pray, you know, eight hours a day. And, uh, well, I, I don't know what you do for eight hours a day. And if you're praying, great, good for you. I'm still going to judge everything that comes out of your mouth. And if you say, thus says the Lord, I'm checking it. I want to get it right. I just do. Everybody okay today? So we don't want to be those in the gullible camp. Uh, But we want to be those in this last one, the discerning camp. These are the discerning. They're both open and thoughtful. All right? They're submitted to authority, yet they still prove things. They still check to make sure what is being said is of God. Praise God. Someone said, what if I truly don't know? I really don't know if this is of God or not. Well, then you don't. And you should take, you should take, take some time to get, to get settled, to get sure. But could it be that what you, you're tempted to say this is not of God is just your head and down here you know that it is? Have you ever done that? And I've done that before. I get something. The Lord says something to me and I analyze it mentally no way. <laughs> that can't be. And there's all kinds of reason why it's not. But in the middle of it, I have to acknowledge, but I know that's God. I know that's Him. And we need to be able to discern the difference. We need to have the type of relationship where we are thoughtful, but we're not, we're not just resisting things because it makes it us uncomfortable. You know, uh, you know, like the, the pastor gets up and talks about uh, husbands relating to their wives or wives treating their husbands a certain way and it totally reads your mail. And your spouse is next, next to you saying, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> that, that's the word of the Lord. <laughs> and then afterwards, you're not comfortable coming to church here anymore. Feel like the Lord, I feel like the Lord wants us to, uh, you know, look somewhere else. No, don't blame that on the Lord. It's just the Lord got into your business and finally you have an opportunity to grow and you're fighting back. And this is the reason why some stay in an immature position for so long through their, their spiritual life. They don't grow because when they run up against things that are hard, they, they, they flake out on it. And it's easy enough nowadays. There's lots of churches and you can go somewhere else and no one knows how flaky you are. I mean that in a, in a nice, gentle way. Here's what I mean by that. We all have times where we have to work things out with people. And that's not always fun. Where there needs to, we need to forgive. We need to change. We need to apologize. We need to do different things. It's easier just to go away from that. It's easier just to say, I'm not going to deal with that. I'll forgive them in my heart and no whatever. 
There's no forgiveness happening in there. You just called it that because you've been around long enough to know the lingo. You know Christianese, and so you slide into the next place, and you speak their language, and everyone thinks you're awesome, but you're not. (laughs) Hallelujah. Let me finish with this. When, uh, when you're seeking the Lord, we all do this personally for our lives. When you're seeking the Lord, uh, I think I can say this even though it's me doing the talking. Um, listen to your pastor's messages. I'm not saying the Lord won't speak to you directly. He will. He does me, does you. And, and also he will speak to you through ministry gifts. And this is one of those times. So uh, there will often be answers for you. Have an ear to hear. Not just the way it's said, but what's said. Not just, I like this speaker, I don't like this speaker. I like this communicator, the way they are and the way they do things. I don't like it the way this person says it. That's fine. Unless it's me, you don't like it. No, no, seriously. We all have those preferences. There are people that I like the way they, they bring it and others not so much. I want to be more spiritual than that though. And I've been there. You've been there. Where someone is sitting it's like, eh, yeah, I don't, they could do that better. But all of a sudden, right in the middle of it, that was God. And you know it right in here. That was a word of the Lord. I may not like the way that person looks or how they sounded or the way they said it or anything like that, but that's immaterial. That's just natural. I heard from God in the middle of it. And it's vital that I get that. If I don't hear that, hear it in here, I can't believe the prophets. And I can't prosper. Listen for God's voice in the middle of what we do. Hallelujah. I believe he wants to lead us. Praise God. Wants to lead us into a battle that he fights. And gives us victory in every time. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for working in us today. We believe you.